0: The Church, in her wisdom, sets out weekly readings from the Gospels. These readings allow us to follow the life and teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and the story of our salvation. Upper Room Media presents to you the weekly Sunday homily delivered from Sydney, Australia. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fifth Sunday of the Holy Fifty Days after the Feast of the Resurrection, and we read in the Scriptures where Christ is explaining to the apostles before His crucifixion um, that He is the way to the Father. And He was speaking about His relationship with the Father. He said that whoever sees Me has seen the Father, that everyone who wants access to the Father has to go through Me, and that if we know the Lord Jesus Christ, we also know the Father. And as He was speaking about this, and He was explaining that He is the way, Um, Philip responded to him and he he said show us the father where show show us the father and so the Lord responded and he said have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me Philip he's referring to the fact that he was saying uh, the father you when you see me you see the father and you have been with me as an apostle for the last three years that we have been serving together how is it possible that you have been with me for so long and yet you have not known me or you have not known that it is through me that you see the father so maybe we can contemplate a little bit on how is it that we can be with the lord christ and we see many examples of this in the scriptures of those people who are with the lord christ and yet they do not know him they have not yet perceived him they have not yet realized what is it that he is offering because many people who are christians maybe have a different uh, perspective of Christianity or of a certain idea of what Christianity is about. And maybe we spend our time in the church or we spend our time with the Lord Jesus Christ and yet maybe we don't know him or we don't understand what is it that he is calling us for. We see some examples of this actually in the scripture. Um, For instance, St. Peter, um, when the Lord was having a conversation with him and he was saying, who do people say that I am? And St. Peter said that you are um, the lord the the son of god and so the lord was uh, was pleased with his answer and he said blessed are you simon barjona because you have said that i am the, the you have you have um proclaimed that i am the son of god but then after this he begins to speak about his upcoming res- uh, crucifixion and what is it that is going to happen to him and so the lord responded or so saint peter responded and he said no i will not allow this to happen to you right? When he started speaking about the crucifixion, um, St. Peter said, no, I, 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 I will defend you. I will not allow this to happen to you. And so then the Lord responded to him and he said, get behind me, Satan, which is a very harsh, and maybe strong words that the Lord used um, towards St. Peter when he said, get behind me, Satan. When he said that, he was saying, what, who is it that wants to prevent the crucifixion from happening? Well, actually it is Satan himself. Satan wants to, doesn't want salvation for the people. So when he called him Satan, he's referring to like, you are you are making yourself to be an obstacle to my mission, which is the salvation of, um, of the world. And so St. Peter was, although he was very zealous, very zealous uh, apostle, very zealous for the ministry, very zealous for the Lord, wanting to defend the Lord, and he spent all of this time with the Lord, and yet in the end, he still was not really clear. What is the mission exactly? Why is it that you're here? You're here because you are going to die for the sins of the world? He didn't quite get it yet. Just like Philip when, when he was saying, show us the Father, right? And the Lord said, have, have you not known me? Haven't I been with you? How is it that you can say, show me the Father when I have been with you for so long? Another example of people who spent a lot of time with the Lord Jesus Christ and yet did not know him are the Pharisees. They heard his teachings, they saw his miracles, um, and yet they remained blind and in darkness that they couldn't comprehend, So one thing that we see as a recurring pattern over and over is that even though there are people in the physical presence of the Lord, and even though they are hearing from him and they are seeing his teachings and miracles and all these things, and yet they remain blind. And this is um, also what we see with the Pharisees. Another interesting example of this are the apostles James and John. John, who is known as John the Beloved, John the one who put his head on the shoulder of the Lord Jesus Christ during the Last Supper, John the one who is very gentle, actually he used to not be this way. Um, There was a situation that happened when um, there was a Samaritan uh, village that did not allow the people, did not allow the Lord and his disciples to enter the village. They rejected them. And so the response of James and John was uh, in in Luke chapter 9, um, uh, he said to them, or the, the James and John said to the Lord, Do you want us to call down fire from heaven so that we can consume and destroy these people who have rejected us, who have not allowed us to pass through um, in their in their way, in their village? And the Lord responded to them. He said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives but to save them. So here again we see at this early stage maybe of their apostleship where they were still not very clued in on what exactly the Lord was doing we see them having a very different perception of what is this ministry, right? What is this power that we have? What is the spirit that we have been given? And for what purpose should we use it? Are we using it to attack? Are we using it to kill? Are we using it to to punish? Or are we using it to save? And that's why the Lord responded to them in this way. And he says, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. Even though they were with the Lord, even though they received the grace, even though they received these spiritual power that the Lord had given them, and yet they still did not understand what is it that this is for, how is it that we should use this, and how is it that the people will benefit from this? And so <clears throat> this is another example maybe of of someone who are with the Lord and yet do not know him. They do not understand his mission, or what is it that they are being called for um, as disciples. So what are some, some ways maybe that maybe we do not understand. What are some ways that maybe people are are led astray? Some people believe that it is enough to hear the word of God, to listen to the word of God. In Luke chapter 6, the Lord is saying, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. What is the difference between this house that was built on the rock and the house that was built on the sand? right what is is the difference the house that didn't have any foundation at all the lord said why do you call me lord lord and do not do the things that i say maybe there is people who call out to god right maybe maybe especially in emergencies when they are in need when there is some kind of suffering and they call out to the lord and they say to him lord lord but then he says but you do not do the things which i say you hear my sayings but you do not do them right? Maybe you, you know the word of God, but you do not make any effort to practice. For this group of people, maybe the Lord to them is just like, you know, a 911. Um, whenever they are in emergency, whenever there is an absolute need, they maybe will think to turn to God in their despair, and their sadness, in their grief, and their, you know, in whatever tragedy that it is that they are going through. But when it comes to the daily life, and we ask, well, are you following the Word of God? Are you, are you, are you applying it in your life? The answer maybe is no. I'm, I'm not really. I'm not really paying attention to it. I'm only going to God when I'm in need of something. So to know the Lord, it is not enough just to hear the Word of God. It is something that has to be practiced, something that we have to apply. Not just when we are in very special need or circumstances that we need um, this, you know, God's spiritual tenderness and warmth and pastoral care. But all the time, when we, even in the day to day life where everything seems to be normal and going fine and there is no severe problems in our life, those are the times also where we need to um, hear the Word of God and to put it into practice. Um, also, this uh, faith that we are working to build in ourselves, the faith in the Lord, it is tested when the flood comes when he gave this example of the house that had a foundation and the house without a foundation when the water comes when the flood waters rise how is it that you can tell whether the house has a foundation or not maybe from looking at it from the outside a person who doesn't know will look at it and can't tell whether a house has a firm foundation or doesn't have a firm foundation the only way that we tell is when the floodwaters rise and when the floodwaters rise in the form of some kind of difficult trial that we face in our life that is really the test of faith to see am i h- how have i built my house you know because maybe we we question it's like is is the way that i am living my life is it is it pleasing to god is it appropriate is it is it the right thing am i am i doing the right thing or am i not well the way that we test and see is whenever the trials come upon us how do we respond in first peter chapter 1 He said, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, this trial, which is like a trial by fire, which is a difficult trial, is actually testing what? The genuineness of our faith. And if we find that our faith is strong, and that we are able to stand, and that we maintain our faith in the midst of trial, then we receive the praise of God. We receive the the reward and the blessings of God. But if we find that our faith is weak and that in the midst of trial we we crumble, this is not that God is wanting to call us out in order to punish us because of our our weak faith, but it is maybe a wake-up call for us that God is calling us to more prayer, He's calling us to be more invested in our spiritual life. He's calling, he's calling us to refocus our life, maybe from the things that are distracting us in this world, to himself and our eternal life more and more. So this is, again, the reasons for these trials, that we would hear the word of God, we would put it into practice, and then we test. We say, am I living according to God's will or not? Also, to know the Lord, it is not enough simply to work with him right? It is not enough simply to work with him. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Again, what is this group? This group are the people who are the servants of God frighteningly so, right? And they are calling on the Lord, and they're saying, we prophesied, we cast out demons, and we have done many wonders. Maybe if any of us would would um, do even one of these things, that we would prophesy, we would cast out demons, we'd do miracles, um, automatically we would assume about ourselves like we are in, like, like we must be having the favor of God Because he has granted us these spiritual gifts to do these amazing things. And we are working with God and the Holy Spirit is working in us and we're able to do all of these things. And yet even this group of people, the Lord said about them that when they call upon me and they say, Lord, Lord, his answer will be, depart from me, I never knew you. This is again very frightening how is it that if i am doing these things and working with the lord how is it that i'm a servant of god how is it that i am i'm sacrificing of myself and doing these things how is it that i can call on the lord and he will say depart from me i never knew you but he says what you who practice lawlessness so we go back to the same point that we said in the in the previous one how is it that we are choosing to live our life are we choosing to live our life according to the word of god or are we simply doing the service you know people might come to the church and do all kinds of service, right? They might offer their time, they might offer their money, they might offer all kinds of things. They might do social service, community service, all kinds of services that maybe we might be doing. But the Lord comes and he says, this is not enough. It is not enough simply that you offer yourself in this way. Are you offering your will? Are you offering like are you submitting your will to God and conforming yourself to the word of God? Or are you simply doing some external actions? It is, all, is it all about the external life of service? Or is it about the internal life of prayer? The internal spiritual life? When the Lord said, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. How many of us go into our room and shut the door? How many of us shut the door and, and leave everything else on the world outside and spend this time with God and invest in it and search ourselves and examine ourselves and repent of our sins and grow closer to Him? And then it is through that relationship that then we go and serve the world, that then we go, having been cleansed and purified, we go and we do all of the services, all the things, all the sacrifices that we are called to do, It should come from the inner life. It should come from this inner life that I have invested um, with God on a daily basis. Because here again, these people who only focused on the external works, who only focused on the outward service, when they came to call upon the Lord, he said, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Just because I granted you gifts, just because you were able to do these services, these miracles, this was not enough, and depart from me because I do not know you. Also, <clears throat> to know the Lord it is not enough simply to be in his presence in Luke 13 it says strive to enter through the narrow gate for many I say to you will seek to enter and will not be able when once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying Lord Lord Notice they all have this Lord Lord like it's a plea Lord Lord open to us open for us And he will answer and say to you i do not know you where you are from then you will begin to say we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets but he will say i tell you i do not know you where you are from depart from me all you workers of iniquity so this group represents who these are the people who maybe spent time in the presence of god right because he's saying When the people are saying, how is it you can say that you do not know us? We, you know, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught us in our streets. Right? These are the people who maybe heard, heard his word, who saw him teach, who spent time with him. Okay? These are the people who maybe are in the church, but are not engaged with anything. They are simply in the presence of the holy things. You know, Maybe sometimes we, we come to the liturgy, and we are completely disconnected. Like We are, we are, we are really not here. We are here physically, but only physically. Right. Or maybe the the biggest part of the, the church affiliation or, or, or engagement is in fellowship related activities as opposed to spiritual activities. Right? And the and just like these people who are saying, We ate in your we ate in your presence. Like we, we were there with you, we, we spent social time, we spent fellowship with you. But then he focuses again on the same point as before. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. It is not enough simply to be in the presence of holiness. Being in the presence of holiness is not the same as being holy right? The, the being holy requires a personal decision, a personal choice, a personal sacrifice to live according to the precepts of God, not simply to do the motions and the actions that appear godly. And this is the fundamental uh, difference between those people who are accepted by the Lord as compared to these people who are calling out, Lord, Lord, right these people are calling out lord lord they know the lord in the sense they they know of him they know he is exists and they even know to call upon him because they are they are they're praying it's a prayer they're saying lord lord okay but but the way that they have chosen to live their life has have disconnected themselves from him they are not able to um fully be in union and in fellowship with him because of the decisions and the choices that they have made so in summary it is not enough to hear, but we must act, right? It is not enough to hear. Sometimes we listen to many, many sermons. We listen to the word of God a lot. Maybe we read the Bible a lot. Maybe we read spiritual books, okay? But then the question is, what do we do with that, right? Because he said that if we simply hear only and we do not act, then when we call out and we say, Lord, Lord, he will say, I do not know you, right? Have you, have you done the things that are, that are the works of repentance? Have you done them? Or are you simply reading and filling up your mind with knowledge and information? The second is, it is not enough to work, but we must also be purified and cleansed from sin, right? It is something that we have to strive for. It is an inner transformation, an inner purity, an inner change of life, which then can result in all of the external works, good works that we do, but it has to start from the inside. The person who focuses only on the outward, and focuses only on the, the Christian life as being a type of morality, and it's limited to a, like a moral life, that person is is not going to have that connection with God. Because Christianity is not about being a moral person. Morality is an outcome of Christianity, but it is not the purpose or the goal of Christianity. Christianity is union with God, is relationship with God. And from it comes all of the characteristics of God, all the virtues of God. But it But the goal should be primarily the inner life, And once we attain the inner life, we will also have the external life. The last point is, it is not enough to be in his presence, but we must strive to enter by the narrow gate. Because this is what he said. He said, strive to enter through the narrow gate. It is not enough that you eat and drink in my presence. It is not enough that you um, were with me when I was teaching in the streets. You now have to take those words, those teachings, those practices, and and apply them. And he, he emphasized here that it is a narrow gate, meaning that his teachings are not easy teachings. And this is the, you know, one of the difficulties that we have in the the modern Christianity is that people want to transform the teachings of Christ and and turn them to be easy teachings, because of course it is much nicer to feel like the teachings of Christ are very attainable for us, very easy to attain, you know, something that we don't really have to give up anything to live according to his commands. But if you look at all of the times that the Lord has called anyone to be a disciple of his, every single time, they had to give up something. There was something they gave up. They gave up their family. They gave up their possessions, their wealth. They gave up something. They gave up their will. And in every case, when the Lord called a disciple, there was something that they had to sacrifice. And that sacrifice was difficult. Because he says, well, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Meaning, either live your life according to your, your desires, live your life according to your own will, or live your life according to my will. You want to follow me? You have to give up your will and this is not an easy decision to make but it is a very serious decision and so the point of you know these passages where the people are calling out to him and saying lord lord it is to emphasize to all of us that if you want to be my disciple you have to give up something and you have to live according to my commands. Don't think that just because you are with me in my presence, don't think that just because you are doing the works of God. Don't think that just because you know you are you are casually associated or affiliated with me in some way, that this is sufficient. He's saying, No, I want I want to go deeper with you. I want you to go deeper. I want you to, to, to dig deep in your spiritual life. I want you to really give yourself and surrender yourself completely to me, and then I will work with you. And then you will see what great wonders that I will do. With you, not from in this external, you know, because I gave you this gift and you're using it. No, because you will really be doing my will. You will be following my commands, you will be my disciple, you will do it, and you will you will you will be strengthened and grow in your inner life, which will then flow and overflow into everything else in your life. So may the Lord grant us this inner life and grant us that we would know him truly and sincerely, so that at no point ever we would call to him out, Lord, Lord, and he would say to us, Depart from me, I I do not know you. We ask that the Lord know us just as we know him, and we ask that um, he strengthen us and he allow us to grow closer to him day by day, and glory be to God forever. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God,